Okay, guys, head up. Maybe extra prayers of protection for our Sunday school teachers are in order this morning. After that happens, it's not the time to say, we could always use more Sunday school teachers. Is God putting that in your heart? I'm pretty sure God's not putting that in my heart. That sounds terrifying. I don't want to be trampled to death. I'm going to invite Carrie Marslin up. This is a special Sunday for us. Um, oh, I'm, I'm, going to re- I'm going to read the scripture first. Uh, but Carrie and I are here to introduce something new that we want to begin sharing through our missions committee and our leadership to all of us as a church that I think is going to be really impactful in shaping the kind of church we become moving forward. When I was being recruited, I guess, one of the things that a lot of people said to me is, we want to be a missional church. We want to be a church that's effectively reaching out to our community with the love of Jesus. But like a lot of people, knowing exactly how to do that effectively, that's sometimes where the, the disconnect is. So let's turn in our Bibles to Genesis 12, verses 1 to 3. This is a really, really important text, which kind of hints at the rest of God's grand redemption happening very, very early on in the story in God's calling to Abram before he's renamed Abraham. Genesis 12, 1 to 3. The Lord said to Abram, go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So God, in calling Abram, sets up this pattern. Blessed in order to be a blessing. And that's established with Abram, but it's meant to, defi- it's meant to be a defining characteristic of the people of God for all time. See, we don't exist as God's people to simply receive God's blessing and simply enjoy it ourselves, but to extend that blessing to other people. This is central to our identity as the church. We're a people who have been saved and redeemed by Christ. We've received blessing upon blessing, but those blessings aren't just for us, as if they were to be hoarded. We're to enjoy them, to receive them, and then to extend them to others. Oswald Chambers says it this way, we, speaking of Christians, we are to be fountains through which Jesus can flow as rivers of living water in blessing to everyone. Yet some of us are like the Dead Sea. We're always receiving, but we're never giving because our relationship is not right with the Lord Jesus. As surely as we receive blessings from him, he will pour out blessings through us. But whenever the blessings are not being poured out, in the same measure that they're being received, that means there's a defect in our relationship with Christ. When I read that about us being the fountains through which Jesus blesses the world, the question that I often wrestle with is, what does that look like? How do we do that very, in a very practical way? I'm not disagreeing with any of that. I just sometimes lack the imagination to understand how to connect the dots in those ways. Well, today... Carrie and I would like to introduce you to the BLESS initiative, which is a new initiative that's just launched by the Evangelical Covenant Church. Ooh, yeah, nice little inserts. Look in your bulletins. BLESS is a new approach to prayer, 
and evangelism and mission, and it's less about downloading information or memorizing scripts, and it's about giving us tools to love our neighbors well. It helps us to get unstuck and provides us with an intentional pathway so that people of all ages who follow Jesus can become more like Jesus by entering into the mission of Jesus right where they are. God's way of reaching and restoring the world has always been through blessing. He blesses his people in order to be a blessing. And bless holds out five missional practices that help us participate and cooperate with God in this agenda to reach the world. And as we engage with these practices daily, we begin to partner with God's Spirit to bless those who don't know him. So what we'd like to do today is to highlight this acrostic, each letter of the bless, of the word bless, is a missional practice that everybody in this room can do. And what we've done is we've invited different people within our community who are known to us, who are doing these things. And we wanted to invite them to share what they've been doing and the impact that it's had in their own life and the lives of those they're doing it with. So I'm going to invite Carrie to start with the letter B. Okay, so the letter B stands for Begin With Prayer. And um, in all of our efforts to reach out to our community or out to the world, we need to begin with prayer. Um, It's a simple step, but it often is left undone, unfortunately. Um, So we need to commit to pray for the people that we're trying to, um, who are far from God, that we're trying to impact. And um, we also need to ask people and ask God... um, like how how can I pray for you or and ask God how do you want me to bless the people in, that you've put in my life so we need to be praying for people both um, for what they need prayer for and for what uh, just to pray that God will soften their hearts to hear our um, to, to see that we're trying to work in their life and also that um, how God can use you to bless the people in your life so we want to invite Dan pipe up and he has been praying for people in his workplace, and uh, he's going to share with us just how that has panned out. Hello. This is great. I've never been at the front of anything like this, so <laughs> something happens and goes by, and then, hey, <laughs> so this is pretty good. <laughs> Anyways, uh, uh, we were sharing at uh, uh, Bow on Mondays, and... Uh, I was sharing how uh, I didn't come up with this idea. God just put it on my heart. And uh, over the last while, I've started uh, a habit of praying for my coworkers. At first, it was just a, a random thing. And then, uh, being me, I had to have a list, right? That's how. Oh, better make a list of this. I'll get a list of the. I'll get a list of all the the guys on the crew and that, and go through this. And that was just. Uh, it was a distraction. It wasn't. I don't think that's what I was supposed to be doing, um, and uh, I kept losing the list, and then I'd forget where I was on the list and have to start over. So the first three people on the list got lots of prayer, but everybody else kind of like, you know, if you're like me, your last name is P. It starts with a P. You never really. <laughs> all the A's were doing good. <laughs> so, anyways, <laughs> I just got rid of the list, and I thought, wow, you know. They were standing right in front of me. Like, do I need a list? The person's right there. God's put them right there in front of me. And usually, 
people that you work with in that are sharing uh, their difficulties. Some people call it venting. Uh, <laughs> and if you work in industry with guys, the venting usually is pretty extreme at times. So that is okay because it gives me a chance that right away I know that this person needs prayer. And, uh, you know, uh, it's just, uh, you can hear what their frustrations are and what's bothering them particularly. Men aren't always good communicators, but sometimes when they're venting, they can really get down to the point <laughs> of what's, you know, poking them. So, so that's a good thing. Um, and it helps me that I know that this person right away, because nothing happens by chance. They're put in my path that we've crossed paths during the day or whatever and this has happened and it gives me a chance to pray for them it's been sort of my immediate crew but also extended out too to different people because I'm I'm also on four different shifts right now bouncing around so that's a good thing too and, and things always happen like I say not by chance and then uh, there was a second part to this was how I've seen uh, this working and it's pretty good God and I have a really good relationship, but he knows that I kind of have the attention span of a squirrel, so he puts things <laughs> when I think of things, and uh, he makes it right away and obvious, like a huge neon arrow pointing to, hey, look at this, and, oh, wow. So it's been pretty good. I've seen change happen immediately, like overnight, that day going into work, I'll turn off the radio and... Uh, I've said prayer, I've been pretty good and going through a mental list and people that have shared and, and I can, I've seen just stuff happen immediately that day, you know, just without me doing anything. I didn't bring in a box of donuts. I didn't, you know, uh, sing a happy song, you know, and uh, nothing that I did could make this difference, this effect, this change in people. It's, it's supernatural and it's... Uh, you know, when a person explains that before I was a Christian, I'd be like, yeah, it's coincidence or whatever, but it's beyond that, it, uh, you know, because I have a way of sometimes analyzing things as an electrician that you can analyze circuits and that and eliminate things. And there's no other answer but that. I've seen that effect, and there is no other explanation that I could come up with. And Because when you're thinking about something or talking about a specific subject or, you know, praying about a specific thing, and then for that to happen that day, that morning, it's just like, wow, that's pretty good. So it's been really good for me. Um, it's Now, when you start praying for other people, uh, God works on you, too. So it's changed me. Instead of wanting to, like you have antagonists in your life and that, and instead of wanting to reach out and touch them, so to speak. <laughs> like like your, your urge is to shut up, you know, and just whatever. Instead of going to my probably knee-jerk in your head, you know, I never do that because I'd be in jail right now, but, uh, you know, in your head you're thinking, oh, but uh, instead of that happening to me, then God has, when I'm praying for this person, I'm thinking about them and... Uh, it starts thoughts coming into my head that uh, instead of the question like why does this person act like this the question becomes 
what has happened to this person to make them act like this? Like, what's happened in their life? What happened to them when they were young or a child being hurt? Um, what illness are they dealing with that I know nothing about, that they keep it, guys are good at keeping things, you know, secret to themselves. I, I work with mostly guys, so, um, you know, it's, so those things you start thinking about, and then you think that, wow, I've got a privilege that I can talk to God who's in charge of everything. I've got someone to go to. I'm not alone. These people are alone for the whole. I, I know there's only one other Christian I know of in my whole sphere uh, of, of crew and immediate crew. So you start feeling empathy, and that's the change that happens in you. And thoughts that don't even come from myself, because I'm not a deep thinker that way, but... Uh, you know, you start thinking those things, and like I said, the question isn't, why is this person like that? And why is this person like that? And you start thinking, what has happened in this person's life? Just like me, things that happened in your life form your personality in that. And knowing God is one of them, too, that's happened in my life that's helped my personality. And this is where I feel bad for them instead of feeling... Uh, anxious about them or negative then I think well they've got no one to turn to they don't have what I have and that's really a sad thing so that changes you right away the way you deal with people and the way that you can follow through that you can try to uh, you know you're going to screw up in that because you're human but you can try to show people that you know I have something better than you could ever imagine and this brings me even though I don't have this and this and this, I do have this, and it's worthwhile. So that's how it's worked out. Thanks for sharing. Awesome. The L in bless stands for listen with care. Listening with care means really paying attention in order to hear other people's dreams and aspirations and longings and desires and their pain, like Dan was speaking to. It means seeking first to understand other people's perspectives before we share our own. And so we listen not only to understand our non-Christian neighbors better, but we're also listening in order to discern God, evidence of God's activity in their lives. Because often we're catching up to God in terms of loving our neighbors. And so we listen to people's story in order to discern how is God already at work, maybe unbeknownst to them, but we learn to listen well, and out of that comes fruitful ministry and fruitful love. I'm going to invite uh, Mike McIndoo forward, and I'd like him to share about how he's practiced listening with care and how that has opened up opportunities to serve and love people in his sphere of influence. Thank you, Pastor. Um, I've shaved my mustache off since that picture was taken. <laughs> it's really hard to, uh, to follow a prayer warrior. That was amazing. Thank you very much, Dan. Um, like Pastor uh, Jeff, a mantra that has served me so well throughout my life is the Stephen Covey statement, seek first to understand, then be understood. And in every walk of life, I've, I've tried to practice that. So listening with care 
um, is important to me. And I'd like to start off by prefacing this with a statement that before we can listen with care, we need to care to listen. And I think that's really critical, and that was what I have learned from this exercise. Before I can listen with care, I need to care to listen. For me, attending meetings, or more correctly, not having to attend meetings, is one of the greatest benefits of retirement. Um, If you would have told me two years ago that I would be on the planning committee for the Community Connect Day, I would have laughed at you. Yet there I was, the only guy on a committee of about 15 women, um, street workers, psychologists, social workers, all people from Nelson's various street outreach programs who love to talk. Um, I would have said, no, that's not going to happen. But there I was, because I was a Rotarian who believed in the Community Connect Day, and I knew that they needed some help. I love Rotary because of their motto, Service Above Self, and serving on this community was a way for me to serve. Sometimes it was painful, and sometimes a way too drawn out for my type A, let's get it done personality. But I felt it was a community that I had to belong to, and God had led me to that community. He wanted me to listen as it did its work. It was about the second meeting, and I was sitting there listening as the committee struggled with their inability to give away winter socks to some of the most, uh, to some of the people that were at risk of homelessness or indeed homeless people in our community. This community, this committee spent probably about 40 minutes talking about how could they do this, and they just couldn't figure out how on earth they could make it happen because they had done it the year before and had been so powerful. And at that point, I knew I had to respond. And honestly, at first I responded because I just wanted to get the conversation moving on. (laughs) But it was like God smacked me on the side of the head. And I said, how many pairs of socks do you need? And they said, well, 50 to 75 pair would be great. And I said, fine, I'll give you 150 pair. And they stopped and, and, and they said, wait a minute, 150 pair. We're talking winter socks, like $10 a pair. That's a lot of cash. Are you sure you want to do this? How are you going to do it? And without even thinking about it, I was able to say that I belong to an amazing church. And I was confident, no, I knew that this would happen. For me, what was even more grateful than handing out over 300 pair of socks that you folks all brought in uh, to incredibly grateful people was watching the amazement of this committee as they grappled with understanding the role of a community church that practices love in a very real and demonstrative fashion. They were amazed, and they look at our Covenant Church on Stanley Street in a very different way today. And I felt horrible about that. Why were they amazed that we as a church wanted to help out? Why were they amazed? They were amazed because we as a congregation cared to listen, and when they asked for help, we listened with care. Thank you. Thanks, Mike. That's, that's awesome. <laughs> um, so the E, the next letter in BLESS, stands for eat together. And when we um, eat together, it means we're sharing meals and we're sharing life with people um, who don't know God. Um, And we break bread with them in order to give us an opportunity to um, just relax and be more comfortable, and it gives us a chance to listen with care. Um, 
So sharing a meal or even a coffee is a really tangible expression of love and support for people, and it, open, it builds trust and opens doors for us to um, speak into people's lives. So I wanted to invite Max and Colleen up. Um, they've been doing a neat thing in their neighborhood for a while and uh, involves eating together, so I just wanted to, them to share with us how that's going. Thank you, Carrie. Uh, the idea of bless was uh, presented to us a few years ago, um, and we saw it as a great little formula for just to um, a simple way to break the ice with new friends and neighbors, and um, and subtly uh, show them model Jesus uh, to them, and then just listen to uh, to to them, give them a voice uh, or an ear to to uh, hear their voice. Um, so what we did, we settled on a specific night of the week, um, and so we could be consistent with it. And uh, it was just an open inv invitation on Thursdays to our neighbors that you can come over, and, you know, and have a have a meal together every Thursday. Um, our mission was to uh, meet people where they're at, uh, so it's a relaxed environment to just chill out and talk about your week, your work. Uh, challenges, victories, um, like Dan was saying, you know, and you just listen, and, and like Mike was saying, just and just listen, and uh, you get, uh, you can pray about things later, and and with these people, you can advance on after you can say, well, I'm going to pray for this, and then later, as your your um, relationship develops, you can say, how about you pray with me about this, and it's just. It's not pushing people. It's it's just a really easy way to um, to get connected with people. Um, we didn't want to make it overly uh, complicated, so we avoided uh, uh, the fine china and a five course meal. And um, and it's just it's it's great because we can we we work too, so it's something that we can do on a Thursday night. And we can prepare after work. So I like yeah, simple is better because then you can you can participate in the evening and. Uh, and the point of the the point of the matter is not the not necessarily the food. It is the uh, building of relationship. Um, and we're not talking about conversion or no dessert or or uh, a heavy Bible study. It's uh, it's just it's just taking the time to listen carefully uh, and to de develop trust um, and earn the opportunity to be able to speak into somebody's life. Um, and then by listening. Uh, carefully, when the time comes, the quality's already built in, and it's it's just a real lovely time. Um, the other part was how have we seen God using our hospitality in the lives of others, and I would start to say that God's used our Thursday nights to work on us more than anything. Um, over the few years, we've been told that Thursdays are a favorite day of the week for people. And while we were away, those dinner nights were missed to the point that when we arrived home, it was a Thursday night, and we stopped at the shop easy, ran into one of our neighbors who said, hey, it's Thursday, can I bring food over? Sure. We just had to go home and unpack some plates, and they, he brought the food. Um, through questions and conversations about our sponsored kits, there were new sponsorships started. We've been able to share about helping out, talking about issues, 
and to see others realize that there's more out there than just themselves. We provided an appreciated meal, a comfortable home, a ready and caring ear for tough work situations or stressful seasons of life. We've shared hugs and tears when we've earned the right to go into deeper, more personal conversations. And of course, there's been plenty of laughter. Uh, there was one night when one of our friends, who he's since moved out of the neighborhood, but he still comes over for every Thursday. And he had gotten called out to an accident. He's a volunteer firefighter. And when he got home a bit later, he called down to see, is there still any dinner left? Can I come over? Um, we've even been able to invite neighbors to church events. And Brian, the one who had moved away, he's even interested in coming down to Argentina and participating with us. Thank you. So encouraging. The first S stands for serve in love. And this involves, as we've been hearing, learning to be attentive to opportunities that God provides as we build trust, as we listen, as we show genuine care and concern for people and their needs. Often these are opportunities to serve that are small. And to the wider world and maybe to other people in this community, maybe they go unnoticed. But God often uses these small acts of service and care in big ways to reveal his love to other people. So I'm going to invite Carrie Marsden to come forward. And I've asked her to share on how she has sought new ways through which to serve. And how has that renewed focus on serving and mission impacted her personally? Thanks. So one of the ways that I've been blessed to serve this year is as the chair of the missions committee, which is why I'm co-hosting this uh, <laughs> morning. Um, and I, I was approached by Ed DeVries to join the missions committee, I think because of my involvement in the Ecuador trips. And I was like, okay, I guess I could do that. It, I wasn't really excited about it. I wasn't really sure. I was kind of imagining a dry committee where we just sort of review the missionaries that we're supporting and approve that. But it's actually turned out to be um, an amazing committee. Our meetings are kind of like a highlight for me of the month. Um, we, yeah, just as you can see from today, we do, we are talking about our overseas missionaries, but a lot of the focus has been on local missions, and I'm just really excited about that. I was also on the, uh, well, part of the visioning when we did the church visioning and on the search committee for Jeff, and one of the things that um, you guys told us was that you wanted us to be a more missional church, so I just all of a sudden with this committee thought, hey, this is what we're doing. So I was really excited about that. So we've been meeting once a month since September. Um, and I just wanted to introduce the other members of the committee. We've got Janice Arndt and Mike McIndoe, uh, John DeVries, who I know is not here, um, Matt Osipchuk, who's upstairs teaching, um, Brian Skelton, Miriam Keyes, uh, Brenda Cavalier and Jeff also comes and Blair also comes so it's a really great group and so the first thing we did was to come up with a vision for missions for our church and we had a really great brainstorming evening and um, so the vision that we came up with was the whole gospel for the whole world meaning we believe that as a church we should be preaching the gospel in both word and deed and also, it's important to preach, bring the gospel like 
to the ends of the earth, but also right here in Nelson, where we are. So that's our, our vision, the whole gospel for the whole world that we try to um, direct our focus and what we decide to support and as we go forward. And we also developed uh, an interview process for people who approach us for funding, for missions projects or um, missions trips that they want to do. We, we came up with a sort of a, a system that we're going to interview people with just to make sure that they do fit with our, the vision of our church for missions. Um, and we've also been trying to establish a deeper relationship with our missionaries. Um, and hopefully you're all familiar with Blair Coyle and the OPOs, who are kind of our newer missionaries. And we're going to be, um, each missionary has a local assigned representative that's going to be bringing regular updates on them and what they're doing. And then we're also trying to um, establish a deeper relationship with our three long-term missionaries. I know Judith has been very faithful um, reading us their update letters, but if you're like me, and I'm guilty of kind of not really knowing um, who she's talking about, because our church has been supporting these missionaries for a long time. They're the Siddles, the Hendersons, and the Wilhelmsons, and I really have had no idea who they were or what they looked like or what kind of work they were doing so as a missions committee we're hoping to get pictures of them up front and make ourselves more familiar again with who they are and what kind of work they're doing out in the world um, part of your giving goes to support them so I think it's important that you know what you're supporting and also um, how we can support them with prayer how we can be more involved praying for them and just uh celebrating the work that they're doing with our with our money um so that's one thing we're really hoping to do we're just re-establishing contact with them and it's nice to be getting to know them and then finally one of the things um that i found most exciting is our um, desire to support local missions projects um we want to be a committee where you can come if you have an idea of something that you want to do in the committee um, I mean in the community for example like um, Matt and Larissa Osipchuk had that idea of collecting food for the food cupboard so they came to our committee and we discussed uh, how we could support them and how we could make that happen and it did happen and it was a really successful community outreach and also like like Mike's sock idea um, ideas like that if you are listening out in the community and you think of ways that we could help out and um, just love on our community, we want to be a place, maybe you're like, well, I think this is a crazy idea, or I just don't know how to get started, or I don't know how to rally people together, or I need some funds to start with. We want you to approach one of us on the committee and then come to a meeting and we can help brainstorm, we can um, flesh out ideas on how we can make this happen. So we really want to be a missional church in the, in the city of Nelson. So if you have ideas or you've had an idea for a long time but you just don't know how to make it happen, please come to us and we, we really want to try to get out there and um, be a missional church in Nelson. So, yeah, I think that's it. Oh, yeah, and then I'm next. <laughs> okay, so the last um, S in bless is share your story. So a lot of these other things, the beginning with prayer, the listening, the eating together, the serving, are probably the easiest four. Um, but then it opens up opportunities to 
um, people start to trust you and you get to know them better and then it comes to the point where they might start asking you questions and you're like oh now I have to share my story and so that sometimes is the hardest step in the blast process so um, Jeff's just going to share a little bit about that thanks Carrie When I was taught about evangelism when I became a Christian, uh, I resisted it to a large degree because it felt really forced and awkward. I didn't know how to share my own story. I was taught kind of canned responses on how to share the gospel or the good news of Christianity with other people. But part of what made it awkward was that evangelism was the starting point. I was, tar- was kind of taught that's the starting point. You start by sharing your story. You don't start by prayer. You don't start by really listening, building relationship, building trust. So it meant that all these relationships that I had with other students at school, other friends that I had around sports teams, I always felt like I was trying to force a conversation that people didn't want and they weren't ready for. And part of what I like about this BLESS initiative is not just that it's a random grab bag of five practices, but it's actually designed to be a sequence. That 99% of the time, the effective way we're going to love and live missionally, and yes, evangelize good news people, is going to come at the end of a longer process of investment where we've prayed for them, we've listened, we've broken bread several times, we've served them with no agenda no strings attached, no convert or no dessert, right? But I understand, even after all these decades of being a Christian, even as a pastor, that sharing your faith can be just really, really difficult. And I know in talking to a lot of people, this is the area where people either feel ill-equipped, or they feel guilty because they don't know how to do it, or they feel stupid, or they feel overwhelmed because they're like, what if they ask me this question and I look dumb? What do I say? What if they reject me? I don't even know how to share my faith in a way that doesn't come across as pushy or condemnatory. I don't want to make other people feel awkward. What if I say something and then they have an immediate objection to faith and a really good question that I haven't thought of? What am I supposed to do then? And I don't even know when I'm supposed to share my faith or when it's best to stay silent and listen. These are all questions that I've navigated for decades, and I'm certainly not an expert on. Like I said, this is an area of these five practices. This is probably the area where we struggle the most. And so over the next year or two, we're going to learn together what it looks like to share our story, to share authentically and effectively the story of what God has done in your own life in a way that is genuine and not awkward and not coercive. And we're also going to learn how to share the gospel how to share the central story of Christianity in a way with people that is winsome, that doesn't put them into a corner, that doesn't get them defensive, that invites further conversation. We want people to hear and respond to the gospel, but they can't hear and respond to the gospel if we never actually get around to sharing it. If all we ever do is the first four uh, practices of bless 
the danger is they might think, oh, these just are really nice people. And I want my non-Christian family members, friends, neighbors to know, maybe I am nice in some of these ways on a superficial level, but it comes from a deeper place. That my life has been transformed by Christ. And my deepest longing is that they would know that good news and that love and that forgiveness and new life. And so we're going to learn, not this morning, but moving forward, we're going to learn how to share our faith authentically and effectively in all the different spheres that we inhabit. I want to close with just three quick reflections of why I'm excited for BLESS. These are five practices that anybody in this room can do. And as you've heard, and as you probably know, as you're doing the checklist in your mind, a lot of you are already doing these things. And I like that this isn't some new big program. It's just about bringing attention and intention to five practices that if everybody in this church was intentionally moving into their Monday through Sundays with some of these themes in the front of their minds and hearts towards their neighbors, think about the impact that we would have individually as families, as a church. It would be huge. It would far eclipse any program that me or anyone else could come up with. Because this is about teaching us how to love our neighbors well. I love that it helps connect the dot between the great commandment and the great commission. We want to love God. We want to go into the world and make disciples. I don't know what that looks like. It looks like being a blessing to other people. That's what it looks like. Go out there and bless your neighbor. And again, for those of us who might have still had a speed bump there of, well, what are ways that I can bless my neighbor? I don't really know. Now we know. Begin with prayer. Listen with care. Eat together. Serve and eventually share our story. Share what God is doing in your own life. Share the gospel. And it avoids sales pitch Christianity where we're starting at the wrong end of the process. And instead, we are about asking, how do we compel people towards Christ by living a life, a holistic life, that witnesses in word and deed to Christ's love and mission? I love that about this. And so this kind of framework, this paradigm, this way of seeing and doing things called bless. We're just going to be consistently weaving it through Sunday mornings, certain themes, certain things that we're doing, because this isn't a, this is the blessed Sunday, and then we'll talk about this next year, 2008. This is something that we want to become part of the DNA and the culture of our church moving forward as we seek to be a missional church. And the way that I'd like to invite us to do that this month is to begin with prayer. I think it would be awesome if everybody in this church made a list of four unsaved, non-Christian family members, friends, co-workers, and your commitment was to pray for them for this month. In your handout, there's a perforated slip on the back that uh, has Begin With Prayer on it. And you could write the names of those four people on there. It also gives you prayer prompts. If you're like, I'm not exactly sure how to pray, um, we'll send out some resources and some links from the Covenant Church over the coming weeks. But I think it would be awesome if we all took April and our agenda was to bring four people before God, ideally daily, don't beat yourself up if you forget a day or two, but ideally daily, put that little bookmark in your Bible, stick it on your fridge, and keep praying through the question, God, reveal yourself to this person. And God, how can I, how can you use me to bless this person? What is something that I could do towards these people that would, from their perspective, they would really feel upheld and blessed? 
So let's commit to doing that for this month, to begin with prayer, and let's let that steamroll into a spiritual momentum. Let's pray. God, would you teach us how to love our neighbors well in response to your love? We have been blessed. We want to be a blessing. And God, I don't want this theme um, to be something that we talk about once and then drops to the wayside. And I, I really believe because of the missions committee and, and those people and that passion and, and from what I see happening in this church, that's not going to happen, God. And I see that momentum is building there and people here are taking bold steps to live out their faith in very seemingly simple and mundane or ordinary ways, but you are using them in extraordinary and glorious ways. So continue to do that, God. May you bless us, but may we not hoard that blessing. May we extend it out to others. And would you use those efforts, however imperfect and meager as they are, to lead more people to the cross and to lead more people to salvation and new life in Christ. And it's in his name we pray and ask these things. Amen.